Helping cider in COVID times is the topic on this here Cider Chat Live. You're listening to Cider Chat Live. I am your host, Rio Wincoller, the producer and cider MC at ciderchat.com. On Cider Chat Live, it is stories in real time straight off the Cider Chat train to you. So come on along and join the fun. I'll be looking for you out there in Ciderville. We are talking with Michelle McGrath, the executive director of the American Cider Association. This chat was recorded in the evening of March 19th, 2020, which means for me in my spot of Ciderville, I have been self-sequestering for over four days now. And that means self-quarantining while we all work towards flattening the curve and fighting against the spread of coronavirus. The economy is taking a hit, and so is the cider industry. And Michelle will be speaking about what the association has been doing along with regional associations in the U.S. to help cider in COVID times. How are you doing uh, on the West Coast? Of course, I'm calling you from the East Coast, so how's it going out there? I've received a lot of text messages of people saying, if my business has to fail so that more people live, so be it. And that sort of sacrifice from an industry is extremely moving. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're talking about the cider industry, but the, wor- the world industry <laughs> is like at a standstill across the board in the U.S. at least. It's really started shutting down this week in each of the states. Yeah, it started a little bit earlier in Oregon, I think because of our proximity to Seattle. Mm -hmm. There were some events that squeaked in under the radar. I'm grateful that Swift Cidery was able to have their tasting room grand opening before they were forced to close. Um, Schilling Cider House, PDX, closed its doors a couple days ago. Alter Ego just closed a couple days ago. So people were holding out as long as they could. Most of these folks are still doing to-go sales, but some aren't even able to do that just based on capacity or business model. So Right. And I've been seeing a lot online uh, in terms of the conversation of buy cider online. And that seems like that's a more recent offering. So it, it sounds like to me, from my vantage that all of a sudden a lot of cideries have recently gone online or are these like current cider cideries that already had that product uh, line option to sell? So there's an interesting thing happening, Rhea. And, and, you know, web consumerism is not new territory for Americans, right? My husband's 96 year old great grandmother shops online. (laughs) And so this is a new shift and challenge for are brick and mortar retailers, for example, but cideries themselves can tap into what was already a shifting dynamic and a shifting dynamic specifically for cider. At CiderCon this year, we invited our friends from VinoShipper to come present on some of the trends they're seeing in their web sales of cider. And 
they reported a 10% increase across the board in cider sales last year. Mm-hmm. So if, if anybody's writing their, rewriting their business plan right now to fit this new economic reality, you can find some of those statistics in their presentation on our website. But I've been talking and emailing with Stephen and Teresa from Vino Shipper pretty frequently in the last two weeks as it was just becoming more and more clear that we were headed for, you know, a quarantine economy. And I just have to say that they do a fantastic job of helping cideries get their product online, particularly because they handle all of the compliance. And it was about a year ago that Vino Shipper was looking at their clients and going, my goodness, we have a lot of cideries. And that's when they curated all of their clients links into one online cider shop shopciders.com and so they had a big uptick in cidery clients last year and recently they've had a huge uptick because they make it easy they they manage all of the compliance and they are managing to get brand new cideries online even this week in as little as three days so if folks are sort of overwhelmed with how to do online sales, because the compliance can be tricky and, and it varies by state. Um, Vino Shipper is an option. And if, if you, you know, if you want higher margins, you can try and figure it on your own, but three days is pretty fast to get product to market. Yeah, I would say so. And right now it's all about getting product to market in a very short span of time, uh, since we kind of all got, well, so to speak, caught in this web of uh, the coronavirus. Yeah. Right on. So that that is happening. It sounds like um, Vino Shipper is the primary link that is doing that for online cider sales. And as you said, people could do it on their own. Uh, is there any other options for say, sales on online? Or, or there, there are other platforms that some of our members use. I am most familiar with Vino Shipper, but there are definitely other platforms. Um, I think Vino Shipper probably has the broadest range of cider sales. There's a startup web retailer in the Pacific Northwest called Press Them Press, and he works with um, orchard-based format cideries, but there are other folks out there. Anybody that can ship wine should be able to ship cider as well. Mm-hmm. And Right now, with this situation at hand, and people are, you know, we don't know how long we're going to have to be sequestering with cider in place at our homes. This kind of turnaround of being able to ship it out, is that going out like via UPS kind of deliveries or FedExing? Do you know anything about that? Because there's this other side where people... um, You know, it's going to be listeners who are both commercial makers, but also consumers who want to know what's a safe way to receive cider. And so I imagine that those kind of guidelines for managing the virus right now are also being dealt with too. Do you know anything about that via like Vino Shipper, how they're addressing that, some of those concerns for from the consumer perspective? Yes. Vino Shipper, I believe, has a special partnership with UPS. Um, and FedEx is also an option for legally shipping alcohol. The United States postal system is not. There have been bills in the past to try and make it a legal channel for shipping alcohol. I wouldn't be surprised if it changes rapidly in the next month. A lot of things are changing very quickly in the next month to try and accommodate 
these businesses that are needing to adapt to an entirely web-based economy quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, here's one of the silver linings is that if you're going to be ordering cider online, at least you will be home to receive it now and sign off for it. That, that is so true. As someone who has had many boxes cut open and gutted by thieves oh, no. who know that I get cider shipped to my house regularly, I look forward to less losses. What have you been kind of, you know, boots on the ground doing in uh, as much as you can for the association members and cider in general? Yeah. One of the main reasons for the association and one of the main reasons for trade associations in general is to be a voice for the industry with decision makers. And the American Cider Association is honored to work with our partners in beer, wine, spirits, and mead to, as a group, as a coalition, to represent the needs of the beverage alcohol community with Congress and the TTB and other agencies that impact our industry. So the coalition came together very quickly and shifted gears from trying to make the Craft Beverage Modernization and Tax Reform Act, which had excise tax relief in it permanent. That's the main purpose for us working together. Very quickly adapted and evolved to our new purpose, which is to make sure that the needs of the beverage alcohol industry are firmly represented in any stimulus efforts. There's been a lot of news about the airline industry and our belief is, you know, if the airline industry is getting excise tax relief, then the beverage alcohol community should also be getting federal excise tax relief. So we recently, uh, yesterday, sent a letter to congressional leadership, McConnell, Schumer, Pelosi, and McCarthy, asking for some specific things, expanded unemployment insurance, suspension of payroll taxes, federal excise tax relief, no and low interest loan growth in in the funding of those programs, um, industry stabilization funds, you know, cash infusions, um, maintaining an open commercial border, which includes, you know, suspension of tariffs on beverage alcohol and their suppliers. That one's probably going to be more difficult, but we, you know, there's been a lot of news over the last couple of years about how tariffs have negatively impacted the beverage alcohol community. So these are all things that we are asking for. And I think if I had a crystal ball, I would say that we will get some of them. Um, The latest news, breaking news, is that the GOP has released a version of their stimulus package, which is good. It means that the bipartisan negotiations can begin. I haven't had a chance to review the specifics, but Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin is really putting pressure on Congress to take action. Um, And bill negotiations will continue, and the coalition, including the American Cider Association, will be asking for these things. Great. It's good to have a voice there in D.C. in that way. Um, I know that you've been down there many times. Well, we've been working very closely with regional associations to support each other's efforts. There's unprecedented collaboration right now. New York Cider Association just today was instrumental in getting the state to allow cideries to ship direct to consumers, for example. Um, and the Northwest Cider Association and the Minnesota Cider Guild and lots of others are working to try and get some emergency policy relief to help our industry continue to thrive. 
Um, and if anybody is interested in taking those efforts on a state level and perhaps don't have a regional association in their backyard, reach out to me. I've got letter templates from associations that might help you asking for things like a temporary suspension of permit fees for shipping direct to consumer, for example. I mean, there there are things that perhaps we can do to try and make this transition a little easier. And, you know, if I, if I had a commercial or if I had a crystal ball, I would think that we're probably going to see across the state, uh, all the states will probably eventually add COVID as a reason for a small business administration disaster loan. But additionally, we're, we'll likely see a pause in commercial mortgage and rent evictions, additional um, zero interest loans, n- no penalty on excise tax payments being late. So I think we're going to see some relief. The, the, it's taking longer than it should, and the economy's going to reel a little bit from the length that it's taking, but I, I'm feeling good. Um, so I want to th- put a shout out to all the regional associations that are working really hard to pivot and represent their members' needs at a local level as well. Fantastic. I love that. It's so good to hear, you know, hopeful news. It's all, you know, that we could ask for right now is a bit of hopeful news and you're really delivering. Uh, anything else we should know right now in this this uh, pretty heightened yeah. crisis? Well, just that we'll be talking to the TTB about some specific things that we're asking from a CIDR perspective. I want to give the TTB a chance to hear it from us first. So I'm going to delay on on delivering the specifics um, with you now, Rhea, but I'll be sure to update you if I, if I hear anything. And um, I also want to shout out to um, the New York CIDR Association because Many of you probably know personally and professionally their former executive director, Jen Smith, but I'm really happy to share that they've hired a new executive director and he started this week. (laughs) So talk about (laughs) trial by fire, Um, but he's already been doing a great job. His name is Scott Ramsey and he's, uh, you know, from the, he's a movie producer. He's, he's not a cider insider, but I was on his hiring panel and I was very excited about the fresh perspective that he brought to the table in his interviews. And you know, I, he's, he's already achieved legislative change. So way to go, Scott. And now, now, they're having, well, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why would a movie producer be involved in cider? What do you know about that? So Scott has tremendous project management and fundraising and coalition building expertise. So he's passionate about getting things done. And we were all impressed with his ability to learn about cider and his enthusiasm for New York agriculture. So you'll have to interview Scott to ask him more about the specifics, but (laughs) He he was definitely uh, rose to the top as as a qualified candidate. So I'm I'm very excited to see what he has to do, and I hope that people will um, reach out to him and welcome him. They're going to have a town a digital town hall next Wednesday at 9 a.m. and you can find the details on their website, and you'll get a chance to meet Scott for the first time. We'll be talking about 
you know, their conference had to be canceled because of COVID. Um, so that would have been a great chance for people to meet Scott in person, but they're going to have this digital opportunity. As a business person, it's really, really tough. So it's exciting to be able to, to talk about some positive things to look forward to in the future because we will have a future. You know, Rhea, at CiderCon this year, I think I called Cider the comeback kids in one of my speeches. And I've always felt that way. Cider just doesn't die. Mm -hmm. We survived prohibition. We'll survive this too. We'll come back much quicker, probably very strongly. I've heard quick, I've heard when the economy is down fast, it comes back fast. So I hope that there's some truth to that saying. And you know, I just have to give a shout out to all of our members because this is why we have trade associations. We're here to protect and defend the industry that we're also passionate about. And without our members, the trade association doesn't exist. So thank you, everybody, for belonging to the association. I really think that CIDR is stronger together, especially in time like these. That was a chat with Michelle McGrath, the executive director of the American Cider Association. If you'd like to find out more about the American Cider Association COVID resources for cider, you could Google that or go to the show notes for this here special edition of Cider Chat Live, helping cider in COVID time. In addition, the American Cider Association is asking association members who are forced to lay off staff to reach out to Michelle to have their former employees to sign up for a free level one exam as a certified cider professional so that they can add it to their resume during this down time. Stay vigilant, stay focused on the prize, which is flattening the curve and supporting each other, keeping a level of sanity so that we lead chaos instead of having it lead us. This is another edition of A Cider Chat Live. Want more? Go to A Cider Chat Live and the podcast link where you will find over 200 episodes archived with stories, conversations with cider makers, enthusiasts, and folks in the cider trade from around the world. This is Rhea Wincoller. Looking forward to seeing you in Ciderville. Yeah, 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 yeah.